Well, welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. So glad you could attend. Come inside, come inside. How are you guys doing this evening? Nice, joyful, blissful, I dare say, to have a chat with you. And, uh, you know, boy, it's been a, been a lot of work lately. I did a great uh, show last night with Joseph Cotto, Paul Gottfried, and uh, if you get a chance, man, I was interviewed by Foster Gamble. He does the Thrive documentaries, and you can check that out. Look up at Thrive too. Check that out. An interview. It was an introduction to how society works without a government. A good two-hour cozy chat fest of the future of freedom. And also today, I had a two-hour conversation, which was intense and a little brutal, with a mom who is is violent, is violent towards her children and wants to stop. And for me, having that kind of conversation is is tough, man. It's that's work. I mean, she was great, and and you know, all kudos to her for that. But man, it's. Uh, it's quite something. Uh, it's quite something to to get that kind of stuff done. So uh, thank you, of course, for all of your attention and support and sharing to make these kinds of conversations a possibility. And boy, did we ever get something amazing done today. I'll put that show out over the next couple of days. I'm actually producing more material than ever before and more than I can actually share over the course of a particular week. So just wanted to mention that. So, good afternoon, says the Julie. Good afternoon. Good afternoon from I Have Lots of Gas, Alberta. Bino might be a friend for that. Rocco says, hey, yo. Nick is me. Hello. Actually live, says Andrew. Nice. Lucci, grand, uh, great to see you. Thank you. Great to see you here. Goat. Ah. <laughs> hey, Steph, can you explain why the fiat current system keeps chugging along? Can the collapse be pushed ahead forever? Uh, no. Yeah, GME. Uh, to the moon, baby. Didn't it double today? <laughs> Something quite. Just received the art of the argument and UPB yesterday. Yeah, artoftheargument.com should pick up that book. It's great. It's great. So why is the fiat currency system chugging along? It's a, it's a good question. <laughs> Do you guys want to hear my thoughts on it? I mean, if there's something else, uh, is there something else that you guys would like to chat about? I mean, that's kind of techie, kind of economy. So let me know. Good evening. Hey, James, how you doing? Uh, good evening to Heidi and good evening to Nambogato. Nikismi says, hi from Australia. Just bought my first $15,000 in Bitcoin at $50,000. Oh, 50000 in Bitcoin. I feel I missed a great opportunity. I don't know that that's entirely true. You might be getting in still at the ground floor of a great opportunity. Yes, we want your thoughts, great philosopher king. That's why we're here. No, I appreciate that. And I'm happy to share my thoughts. But do you want thoughts about economics or something else? Freedomain.com forward slash donate. Well, that's a wonderful, wonderful URL to be sharing. Freedomain.com forward slash donate. Thank you very much. I appreciate your support. I'm also wondering why the massive inflation hasn't hit yet. Hmm. Hi, Steph. Keep up the great work. You will be like Van Gogh. Van Gogh. Van Gogh, I think it is, in fact. Appreciated a long time after his work. Well, I appreciate that. Um, 
I mean, I feel pretty well appreciated in the here and now. Um, they don't deplatform you if you're not important, right? So I would say I feel fairly appreciated, and the love that I get from you guys is a beautiful thing. But yeah, probably the future, if there is to be one, will appreciate me more, and us, and everyone who's around this conversation. So yeah, where the inflation at? <laughs> where the white girls at? Where the inflation? Can we talk about corona slaves and the never-ending rules slash restrictions in the name of public health? Wow, we could. Justice for George Foreman. Hmm. Justice for George Foreman. Fascinating. I feel like grilling you on that. Ooh, there's a dead joke for you. Steph, I've moved away and stopped communication with parents. They neglected any relationship for 35 years now. Keep calling slash visiting. Well, sure. Of course they do because they're getting old, right? So because they're getting old, they're now in a situation where they need you. They need your resources. They need your support. They need your care. They might need your money. They need your attention. So, yeah, they're in a situation of need now. And when they were in a situation of power, I assume they abused you because you stopped communicating with them. And now they're in a situation of need so they switch from abuse to guilt, to guilting, right? That's the switch. They, abusers and victims are two sides of the same coin, right? I mean, an abusers can flip between victims. Victims can flip between abusers all the time. When people have power over you, they are abusive. When those same disturbed personalities don't have power over you but need something from you, then they become victims and they guilt you. It's uh, two sides of the same coin. Just don't cut off your ear, Steph. Okay. <laughs> it's a deal. It's a deal. Uh, we have credit cards, so we don't need wheelbarrows. What's up? Yes, that's right. Bitcoin and for Mauritius beaches. $9 for a burrito. Inflation has hit in San Francisco. You guys should check out my documentary on California. San Francisco is one of the great heartbreak stories. If you ever visited it in the 80s and 90s, I did a lot of business out there when I was in the business world. Had great dinners and, and had great business meetings and, and walked the city uh, perpetually. And it was a absolute paradise. It was a beautiful city back there. I, I think it would be unbelievable, unbelievably horrible to go back there at some point and see you know, the shit on the sidewalk, the drug addicts, the just rot, the rot, right? All right. Uh, hi, Steph. How do I differentiate between avoiding being a me plus and adding value to relationships? So uh, me plus is an idea I talked about in the show. If you want more details on it, you can go to my video, which is a great video relevant as now as it was back then, the truth about Robin Williams. So me plus is when you can't just be you in a relationship. You have to bring something else to the table, whether it's money, sexual attractiveness, uh, whether it's charisma or jokes, or you have to just be you plus a show, you plus something else in order to have people like you or be interested in you, right? So for women, the great temptation is like, it's me plus cleavage, right? They can't go out without, you know, this creepy phrase, I've got to put my face on, you know, it's kind of weird, right? So women, um, if they're not physically attractive and they're going to be judged just by their own personalities, and what they contribute from an intellectual and moral standpoint to the conversation, it's like, nope, it's a whole lot easier to show half a tit than it is to become a great conversationalist. So, and the breast obsession, 
it's pretty wild in the world. Again, his press obsession is pretty wild in the world. Um, I saw a video where Sting, the singer from The Police, and I guess his solo career, Sting was singing his old uh, song, uh, Englishman in New York, you know, don't take coffee, I take tea, my dear. And there was a woman, he was at a garden party, and there was a woman with a fairly decent rack of lambs uh, who was uh, sashaying around uh, beside and, you know, sat down and, and beside him and all that. And the comments had nothing to do with, you know, hey, he's still got a pretty great voice for a guy in his 60s or whatever, however old he is, right? It was all like, nice rack. And, you know, if you really squint and look carefully, you might actually notice Sting singing a song. <laughs> I just want to point out the rack obsession is, the rack obsession is real, baby. It's real. It's meaningful. It's deep. It's powerful. I guess everybody wants to put their head between them and make motorboat, no, motorboat noises, right? BCH went up today. Yeah. So, sorry. Uh, how do you avoid just being me plus? So, uh, you avoid being me plus, you plus a show, and, because that's going to hollow you out. Um, I remember many years ago, I had a professional troll come on the old FDR community server message boards. And the professional troll was talking about hookers and blow, hookers and blow. And it caused a massive rupture in the community. Because people were like, well, there's nothing wrong with prostitution. And that's kind of a complicated question. It really is quite a complicated question. Yeah, there's, there's a lot wrong with prostitution, right? There's a lot wrong with prostitution. Not least of which, if you go to a prostitute, you pay her 200 bucks to have sex with you. You know, she, you know she doesn't want to have sex with you $200. Like you're minus $200. She doesn't want to have sex with you to the tune of $200. But if you give her $200, she'll overcome that negative objection and she'll have sex with you, right? So... Uh, you saying, I'm not worth having sex with unless I have 200 bucks, right? And it's not sex. It's uh, it's not sex. It's not sex. Uh, a- any more than you're having a romantic relationship with the guy who measures your inseam. Or you're on a intimate date with the doctor who checks your prostate. So um, you don't want to be yourself plus a whole bunch of other things in order to get people's attention because it's kind of humiliating. Like, they don't, they won't like me for me, but if I make a bunch of jokes or I make a bunch of money or I'm hot or I have washboard abs or I'm sexy, well, then okay, then it's not you that they're interested in. It's these other things, this show, this disco ball you got instead of a personality. So, I mean, there's nothing wrong with telling jokes and there's nothing wrong with being entertaining and engaging and all that, but, you know, just bring your virtues. Bring your virtues to the relationship. Bring honesty, curiosity, and passion and integrity and there's no me plus that includes morality morality is not a me plus morality is a me essential people stefan molyneux has no idea what he's talking about 2011 stefan molyneux invest in bitcoin <laughs> laugh out loud yeah 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 Hi, Steph. Yesterday you mentioned that your grandmother was persecuted by the left and the right, but I understood the Nazis were socialists. Yeah, no, I know. I get all of that. But you got to talk the language of the normies from time to time, right? Thank you, Steph, for the call-in where you talked about machine versus free will, how some people give up their free will. I think my parents did. Yeah. Yeah, that's heartbreaking stuff, man. It's how some people are just purely emotional reaction machines. Donald Trump, bad! Joe Biden, well, he likes throwing logs on the fireplace in the White House, and he's settling well into his new job. Right? I mean, it's all... What is it? They used to be kids in cages at the border! Now it's children being housed in migrant overflow facilities. (laughs) They got bars in the windows. 
but they're not cages anymore. I mean, it's all so retarded, and this is why politics just became so boring, and everybody uh, and their dog is like, you know, they're uh, hypocrites. They used to call them kid cages, and, and now they're just referred to as overflow facilities. It's like, of course they are, because you have a completely retarded population being led around by the nose and being taught how to hate. You've got weaponized stupidity as the fundamental weapon of mass destruction of the modern world. It's boring to point it out. Boring, boring, boring. So yeah, some people do give up their free will because they allow themselves to be programmed and they don't think for themselves. What happened to John McAfee? Did he eat his own dick yet? Oh, wasn't he? The, he's the software guy, right? Got in a whole bunch of trouble, had some weird videos, and he said he was going to eat his own dick if uh, Bitcoin hit, what, 50K or something like that? Um, I think he was probably just bragging about penis size that he could actually reach there, right? How do we form a new connection when we can't even shake hands? Is that a rhetorical question? Because you can form intellectual connections online, right? I recently learned that one infant circumcision makes $100,000 Canadian in profit. I feel upset when I think about this because I was exploited. I am very... Uh, sorry about that. I'm, I'm, I, this is, I talked to this woman today who was concerned about being violent towards her children. And she said, and it was really, it was heartbreaking to hear. Uh, she said that uh, she didn't want her son to get circumcised, but, but she allowed her husband to take it over. And her husband said, well, I was circumcised and he wants to look like me, which is like, I have a face tattoo. If I would have put a face tattoo on my baby, right? except it's permanent, face tattoos at least can be undone. But um, she left the hospital. He had to actually, he was away. He had to go back sometime after he was born for the circumcision, which is horrifying. And the husband was there. She couldn't even watch. And of course, you know, they, they, they saw off a third of your penis skin. It was staggeringly barbaric procedure. They saw off a third of your penis skin. And that means that vaginal intercourse is much less comfortable for the woman. There's a reason why people need so much lubricant these days. I mean, it's like, uh, you know, for, for uncircumcised guys going in, it's like you need a corn on the cob worth of dip butter just to make up for the fact that the, the foreskin would sort of loosen, go back and forth and not shave the woman as much. You lose sensation. You lose. And she said about her son, this woman I talked to today, she's, and you'll hear this and she'll put the show out. She said about her son, she said, oh, he was so happy. So peppy, so positive before the circumcision. After the circumcision, he just—he was never the same. He was never the same. And you know, babies who are circumcised, they have males, obviously, who are circumcised, they have elevated cortisol stress hormones six months afterwards. Six months after surgical ferrets legally chew off a third of their penis, they have elevated stress levels. Of course they have. Because the people who are supposed to keep them safe put them over to mangly bone saw hackers removing healthy skin for perverted quasi-religious reasons. It's absolutely horrifying. <sighs> you are not cult guy because you show your bald, bald head and every religious crazy guy has his religious hat. Hey, enough about Tim Pool. Hi, from Houston. We thawed out. Yeah, Houston's like 80 degrees now, right? So naturally, Jim, Joe Biden's coming by. And do you know why you lost your power? You lost your power because the uh, Environmental Protection Agency wouldn't allow 
Texas to increase its capacity wouldn't allow Texas to maximize its capacity. So, I think that the safest place to store, the safest place to store crypto is in Steph's wallet. <laughs> Can confirm. Freedomain.com slash donate. I'm not a boob man. See, now that's just, that's just a lie. If you're a male, you were a boob man. Hopefully that's where you got your food. So you were a boob man. Maybe just not anymore. I loved your document, uh, your, your documentary on Cali. Especially loved the Asian community leader at the meeting with the cops asking the community to change its behavior. Oh, yeah. So in that documentary, it's a long documentary. It was really great. You can get it at freedomain.com slash documentary. It's totally free, commercial free. It's, you know, I take the donations and I try and use them to further the course of truth. You really got to watch the one on China too, man. Holy crap. Was I ever on the money with that? Like late... 2019, I go to Hong Kong and do an entire documentary on how dangerous China is right before China releases COVID on the planet. So yeah, kind of on the money as far as that one went. But uh, yeah, so we went to a meeting and there was this, uh, I think she was half black, half Asian community leader saying, well, you know, you got a lot of crime. So the important thing is just, you know, don't walk around with a cell phone out. Have you ever read the works of any enlightened theologians, enlightenment theologians such as Jonathan Edwards, Kierkegaard, etc.? I have not, I'm afraid. Got fired for offering a bit of constructive criticism on female ambition in the company versus total stats. Should I file for unemployment dollars? Well, I don't know. I'm not going to give you that uh, that kind of advice. Um but I think rather than filing for unemployment dollars, you might want to look into investing. You might want to look into being an entrepreneur. You might want to look into a whole bunch of uh, other things uh, rather than just squatting on the government teat and uh, thinking that you're going to make your life better in some way, shape, or form. So uh, don't, uh, don't do that. Hey, you know what? Should we throw out the Telegram chat invite? It's a quasi-private group, I suppose, for free domain philosophy supporters, listeners, fans. If you have big tits, um, I will. Uh, I will uh, include that. I will include that. I will just uh, throw that out to you as well. And let me see if I can get that up in some particular easy fashion. You know, <laughs> a really professional person eh, would have figured this out before. But uh, ah, here we go. All right, I'm going to throw this in the chat here, and you can join in. Uh, it's a good convo, good, uh, good, smart bunch of people there. I hope that you will tink about joining in, man. All right, here we go. There's your invite. If you're on Telegram, that's the way to go. Uh, here we go. Let's go back to questions. Uh, whoa, a lot of questions. Big racks are associated with our selection. I'm sure that you mean server racks at this point. Is that right? I can see that. Our selection, big racks are so... Yeah, because the hypersexuality of the hourglass figure, the massive overstimulation of fertility single signals. Yeah, I can see that being our selected. Uh, I realized yesterday, for kid, high serotonin is natural. Time after it is sad accident of most adults that it goes in lacking. Okay, that's a bit of a word salad, but I think I get what you mean. I was Yeah, I was just talking about this. So I play Among Us with some FDR listeners and my daughter. And my daughter has a great time, no matter what. I mean, it, it's really, it's a force of nature. It's a beautiful thing to see. And I have a lot to learn from her. 
But she is, I mean, if she gets killed first and it's a long game, she just chats with the ghosts and makes fun of, of the game and she has a great time. And if she's the imposter and she gets voted out early, she just laughs. And so she has a, she has a buoyancy. My wife has the same thing. She's just, just buoyant personalities, just, you know, like helium balloon underwater. You let go, up it comes, right? So uh, I, on the other hand, can be a little bit more soured by, by certain things. I don't have quite as much natural. I'm okay. I mean, my natural happiness level is sort of seven to eight as a whole. It's pretty good. Um, my daughter's is like nine to ten uh, as a whole. And um, kids do have this natural buoyancy. Now, she is a wild experiment in, in parenting, right? She's a wild experiment in parenting because we've always reasoned with her. Never hit her, never called her a name, never raised our voice at her. I mean, we have standards and we have boundaries and we have negotiations. And it's not like I never get upset or anything. I mean, it's not, I don't want to be like Vulcan. But it is an experiment to see what happens to a child who's not exposed to propaganda, who's not exposed to abuse, who's not exposed to anything toxic. You know, we, we have the whole environment. I mean, this is something I got in trouble for saying. It was completely taken out of context when I said, you know, we're going to really... I was talking about you know, pedophiles and child abuse and so on. I said, we've really got to clean up the breeding arena of the species, right? Which is childhood. You've got to get the abusers out of, out of children's lives. Otherwise, it just cycle continues. Suddenly, I'm into eugenics, right? Even though... Because, you know, you take the clean up the breeding arena of the species and you take that out of any context. And I guess it sounds vaguely like eugenics, although I'm an anti-government guy and, and eugenics is a government program. But yeah, we, we've done that. You know, she doesn't know abusive people. She doesn't know mean people. And she doesn't know her parents in contact with mean or abusive people. Because if I went to go and see my mom, it would traumatize me. It would be weird. I'd get spaced out. And then I'd come back and kind of, it would take me a day or two to get back to normal. We don't have any of that. So it's pretty wild. So yeah, kids are naturally happy. I mean, she is a naturally positive person and all of that. It's fantastic. Ah, let's see. What's worse for London Financial Center? Brexit overall or Bitcoin happening? Oh, God. You know, where the fuck are all of the Wall Street protesters? Where are where all of the Occupy Wall Street people? Where the fuck are you? I mean, you had a whole thing going on back then, right? Post uh, 07, 08 crash. You had a whole thing going on there, man. You were going to take down the man. You were going to stick it to Wall Street, right? Okay, I get that what happened was social justice warriors were intentionally injected into the entire movement to turn everyone against each other based on race. Race is used to divide, race is used to, I get all of that, right? But where the hell are you now? We've got this whole cryptocurrency revolution happening that is taking away massive resources and power from Wall Street. Where the fuck are you guys? Were you all just about bong smoking and finger banging in a tent? Or was there actually anything that you wanted to get done? Did you actually care about any of the issues that you claimed to care about? Because smart people, we're actually doing it now, man. We're actually doing it. Billions of dollars are being sucked out of the financial centers and going into Bitcoin as a superior, portable, divisible, people-empowered store of value. Where the fuck are you? Where the fuck are you people? Come out with laser eyes and meme some Bitcoin shit. What the fuck are you doing? Hey, we sitting in a park and I'm, I'm doing my drum circle and, and we're doing kush. 
Oh, you sad, sad, pitiful, non-revolutionary, catatonic, brain-dead specimens of inertia. Holy shit. I don't often feel vitriolic, essential contempt for an entire group of people, but you fucking socialists out there, we're going to stick it to the man, Wall Street. It's happening! Where the fuck are you? Maybe some of you are out there on the front lines of the crypto revolution. Maybe you are. The fuck are the rest of you? You guys gave up six months, a year of your life to sit in a park, listen to yes and smoke a bowl or two. And then you all got completely shafted by the word, oh, racism. Oh, well, that's it. That's it for that movement. We just turned on each other like a bunch of rabid jackals. You could have gone into Bitcoin back then, you know. It was around. But no. No, you got to thumb through your dog-eared, misinterpreted copy of Proudhon. Property is theft, man. I guess learning about the blockchain was just a bridge too far. It was just a bridge too far, man. That's complicated. Disliking guys in suits with BMWs. You know what they say about BMWs. What's the difference between a BMW and a a porcupine? Well, you see, with a porcupine, uh, the pricks are on the outside. So it's just easier to hate guys with nice haircuts and shiny faces and suits you could shave through in the reflection. As opposed to actually reading Satoshi's white paper and learning some shit, right? That's that's tough, man. But but whining, complaining, and doing drugs and spreading herpes—that's the way to go, man. Viva the revolution! The revolution comes with chafe marks and antibiotics. So sad. So sad. Yeah. Fuck the financial centers. Ah, <sighs> man! I am so happy to be back with you. Well, very nice to be back. Happy. I'm very happy to be back with you, heavy metal patriot. Hello from No Masks in Queensland, Australia. Apart from the Apple Store. <laughs> the Apple Store supplied by Chinese slave labor. Yeah, Just like AOC and her publicity stunt coming down to Texas. Yeah, where is AOC now that uh, they're putting even more kids in cages, right? Have you been following the James Coates story? I have not. What is best country for young quitting toxic parent situation for commuting, living, family planning in post-COVID unemployment situation? i um, afraid you're going to need a bit of an editor and a reorganizer. Um, what's the best country? Uh, Central Eastern Europe seems to be doing pretty well these days. McAfee is into from freaky stuff. I've heard that. I've heard that. How to get a good woman that is worthwhile. Uh, be a good man who is worthwhile. And, you know, here's the thing, right? Don't ever listen. <laughs> this, sounds, this sounds really, really bad. Don't ever listen to the mainstream media telling you what women want. Whatever you do, do not... In a million years, listen to the mainstream media telling you what women want. Because the mainstream media will tell you that women want what? Abs! A career! Money! uh, That they make themselves! Independence! And that's not true. (laughs) It's not even close to true. It's clearly, objectively, statistically, the complete opposite of the truth. Can I give you guys a bit of data? (laughs) Just a wee bit of data. This is from a while ago. It's from a while ago. When her daughter was born 12 months ago, Erin, a mother of one living in Seattle, 
With her husband and golden retriever away at her options, she decided she'd give notice of the company she'd worked at for nearly a decade. We're in the fortunate financial position that I got to choose whether I wanted to stay at home or work, she says. My husband was fine with either, and honestly, it hasn't changed our lifestyle at all. At age 36, with a bachelor's degree and 15 years in the workforce, Erin is living the new American dream, lest you vilify her. Trust that Erin is more than aware of how good she has it. I do view that as being very fortunate, she says. I know a lot of people can't make that choice without great sacrifice. So, let me ask you guys this. Let me ask you guys this. Sorry, I know a lot of questions here. We'll come back to this. What percentage of working women told Forbes that staying home to raise children is a financial luxury they aspire to? What percentage of working women lustily desired to stay home and raise children? What percentage of working women desperately wanted to stay home and raise children instead of working? Come on. Give me... There we go. We've got the Julie in at 85. Do we have any other percentages of working women who want to stay home and raise children? Got to be upwards of 80%. Go on, go on. Come on, give me more. 38. Wait, are you back on Ds for breasts? 20%. All of them. And why do they watch Fifty Shades of Grey? Well, we'll get into that. 69. I think that's a different topic. (laughs) It's a different... 103%. uh, That's got to be a woman. 70%, 70%, 90 so the actual answer. So 84% of working women told women, told Forbes women that they wanted to stay home and raise children. Now that's just those who are willing to admit it. Can you imagine the actual number? All right. Here's another question. What percentage of women resent their partner for not earning enough to make their dream of staying home and raising children a reality? What percentage of women resent their partner for not earning enough to make their dream of staying home and raising kids a reality. Anybody. 73%, all of them, we've got a 69 again. (laughs) Resentment, 93. 95, zero. 93, 100. Boy, you guys got some tough women in your life, man. Okay, so the answer of those who are willing to admit it is that more than one in three, more than 33% resent their partner for not earning enough to make that dream a reality. So, they don't resent themselves for not choosing a partner who made that much money or whatever it is. Because you know the way it works with a lot of women. We need more nice stuff. So you got to go to work. You're at work too much. You're not emotionally available. I feel like I'm raising these children alone. (laughs) <laughs> so yeah that's the joy of educating uh educating women right it's that they then quit their jobs to become a <laughs> stay-at-home mom uh, this woman says uh over the past three to five years we've seen highly educated women who we'd imagine would be the most ambitious who were going through med school getting phds with the end goal in mind of being at, at home with their kids by age 30 <laughs> Over the past three to five years, we've seen highly educated women, who we'd imagine would be the most ambitious, who are going through med school, getting PhDs with the end goal in mind of being at home with their kids by age 30. Quick question. Can you be a doctor and also at home with your kids? No, you can't. So society is down one doctor. Down, I'm, I'm, I've known, I don't even know how many female 
engineers over the course of my life. <laughs> How many of the probably dozen engineers, female engineers I've known over the course of my life? Quick question. What percentage of those women are working in engineering? Just, just give me a number. What percentage of the women that I've known, there's been quite a few, what percentage of the women I've known who were trained as engineers are actually working in engineering? Anybody. Anybody. Throw out a guess or two. Zero. Seventeen. Zero. <laughs> uh, yeah, zero. It's, uh, it's zero. Zero. So, uh, training women who then end up raising children is such an unbelievable waste of money. I mean, can we just be frank about this? Excuse me. It's just such an unbelievable waste of money. It's worse than a waste of money. Wasting money would be just setting fire to it. And that would be vastly preferable to training women who then end up raising children. And then society is short. One doctor, one engineer, never plumbers, never garbage men, never, <laughs> never any of these tough jobs, right? But they're just, we're down these things. So the price of everything else goes way up. And, oh, we can't afford to, we can't afford to stay home because we train so many women who aren't working in the field that the price of everything else has to go up because we've got to pay all the men now. Ugh. So sad. So sad. Just got, says Andrew says, just got $1,000 of my first Bitcoin ever. Feeling freer already. Feeling freer already. Great. Uh, I'm going to go back to some questions uh, because uh, there were good ones. There are good questions. How does a man motivate himself to contribute to a society that abused him as a child and continues to abuse children? Because screw the abusers, that's why. What are you talking about? Because you have the power to stick it to the abusers. See, abusers abuse children for one very simple, clear reason. I mean, other than the fact that they get off on hurting children because they're sick fucks. But this is what abusers abuse children for one simple reason. Because they're going to get away with it. They're going to get away with it. Because if you have an abusive parent, if you have an abusive parent, and you grow up to be an adult, and you say to people, oh, you know, I really don't want to see my mother because she was abusive to me. What's everyone going to say? Oh, but she's your mother. She did the best she could with the knowledge. It's hard raising children. You've got you to gotta, you gotta forgive her. You gotta have empathy. You gotta be sympathetic. If you if you hold this grudge, this resentment, it'll be a curse that follows you for the rest of your life. They'll herd you back with the cattle prods of social vicious opprobrium. They'll put you right back, right back inside the corral with the abusers. So if you try and get away from your abusers, like if you have. If you're a woman, you got an abusive husband, and you say, oh, my husband is violent, vicious, abusive. People are going to be like, you go, you got to get out, girl. you got to get out. Here, you, we, you, it would be horrible to stay. you got to get out. you only got one life to live. He's a bastard. you victim. you got to get out. But if you're the adult victim of child abuse, particularly if you're a male, if you're an adult victim of child abuse and you say, you know what? I don't really want to spend time with these people who abused me when I was a helpless and dependent child. Oh. <gasps> No, you got to get back in. 
It's like you spend five years burrowing out of an underground prison and people just kick you back and triple lock it. So abusers abuse because they're going to get away with it. Because they can treat you like shit. Your entire childhood, they can treat you like shit. They can beat you, they can scream at you, they can verbally abuse you, they can rape you, they can pimp you out, they can do whatever they want. Because they know society's going to hurt you right the fuck back. And you're going to be chained there. Because, you know, you go on a date and the woman says, oh, what's your mom like? And you're like, uh... I don't really have anything to do with my mother because she was abusive. (gasps) You can only judge a man fundamentally by the kind of relationship he has with his mother. (laughs) I shouldn't laugh because it's brutal. Society is just, you know, they're slave catchers. That's what society is. They're slave catchers. Because you're trying to to break out of an abusive relationship, right? If you've got abusive parents. I mean, unrepenting, unrelenting abusive parents, right? And we'll talk about it. They won't change. They continue to abuse you as an adult. I mean, something to talk about. And you've tried to talk about it and get therapy, right? So society, a bunch of slave catchers, they're all trying to break out of this plantation of parental abuse. And society just catches you and throws you back in. Or abuses you if you try to get out. Further, they'll abuse you. They won't date you. They won't hire you. They won't be your friend. They'll just punish you with ostracism because you're trying to break the cycle of violence. You're trying to break the cycle of abuse. So... Um, spread the word. You don't have to spend time with abusive people. You don't, Listen, I've gone through the gamut, man. I've gone through the gamut. I haven't seen my mother in over 20 years. Thank God. I mean, literally, at least once a week, I'm like, thank God. I couldn't do what I'm doing. I couldn't be the father I'm doing. I, 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 I couldn't be the husband I am. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. Any more than you take a D-Day veteran back to, you take him in to watch Saving Private Ryan and then like, hey, can you do this test? Really can't. Kind of traumatized here. Can't do, can't do high wire acts when you're blindfolded by trauma. Can't do it. My daughter would have no respect for me. For letting abusive people in my life. You gotta stand up to bullies, honey. Oh, mom's calling. I gotta get some of the phone. No. I haven't seen my father. I haven't seen my father in over 20 years. And he's dead now. He died last year. I'm telling you, man. There's no curse. This whiplash, backlash... No. It's a, it's a voodoo curse that you have to believe in in order for it to strike and land. It's not real. It's not real. Didn't see my father over 20 years. He died. <gasps> you're going to regret it when your father dies. Nope. I don't. I've searched my heart. I'm, you know, hey, I'm, I'm curious. I, I want to make sure I get it right. Because I'm a practical guy. If I don't see someone, it matters to them. But in a practical matter to me, if I'm never going to see someone again, does it matter if they're alive or dead? Not hugely. I mean, I get it matters in an existential third-party God's eye view sense, but in terms of my life? 
No. 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 I don't even know what he died of. I know he didn't contact me. I assume he died of old age. I assume he died of whatever heart thing or cancer or something like that. He had time. He didn't call me. He didn't write. So fuck him. Like it doesn't. There's no curse. Everybody who's, oh, you're going to regret it. Come on. Be long integrity. Be short forgiveness. So, you contribute to a society by liberating the prisoners, don't you? You contribute to a society by liberating the prisoners. Which means reminding people they don't have to spend time with abusive people. And listen, for the abusers... I know this is going like, to, you're, you're mad at me, right? And I get that. I really do. And, and I actually genuinely, without a shred of irony, I genuinely and deeply sympathize for your plight. I really do. I really do. Because you treated your children badly because throughout human history, Society hurts them back to you and punishes them if they try to step out of abusive situations. So you had an almost complete certainty that this was going to continue, that you were going to be able to get away with it. And it's like, it's, I'm like, I'm genuinely sorry. It's bad luck. It is. It's really bad luck. And I sympathize. I really do. Because when you were growing up, you were herded back into abusers and you were, you were taught that you couldn't ever escape abusers. And so you were like, well, nobody can ever escape abusers so I can treat my children like shit. And it sucks. I, I, could, I feel for you. I really do. And I, I know this sounds sarcastic. I really do. I feel for my mom. I feel for the abusers because if humanity has been getting away with crimes for 150,000 years, you have every reason to believe it was going to continue. So people abused their children in the 60s, the 70s, the 80s, the 90s. They didn't know that the internet was going to come along and this whole family abuse cult was going to get undermined. They didn't know that. They couldn't have guessed that. Y'all thought absolutely and completely and totally that you were going to get away with that. And so you let yourself be assholes because there were no consequences. And and it's it's really sad that it happened to be you that the change came across. That's it's really sad. And I'm I am sorry. I'm re- I am sorry. I really am sorry. It's like slavery. For 150,000 years, human beings owned slaves with great joy, happiness and pleasure and fun, and, and approval. And then suddenly, like within a couple of generations, slavery became an evil that had to be eradicated and the slave owner was no longer a prudent businessman, but an asshole tyrant. 150,000 years. And there are people who bought their slaves shortly before slavery ended. It's like, whoopsie. Yeah, 150,000 years going strong. And this is even more rapid a change. So I really, like, I sympathize, man. But see, you never know what's going to happen in the future. That's why you do good. <laughs> That's why you don't hit children. That's why you don't abuse children. That's why you don't do these things, because you don't know what the future standards are going to be, but they're probably going to be better in many ways than the standards you have now. So, yeah, it's uh, 
It is a real shame. And I, I, I understand. I sympathize. I really do. I genuinely sympathize. It's really bad luck that the parental cult of abuse continued. And I'm, look, I'm not saying all parents are abusive. Of course not, right? But eh, a lot are. A lot are. So I'm really, I'm really sorry. I'm really sorry about that. I mean, we've got to progress no matter what. We've got to improve things and children have to be protected. But yeah, go tell the truth. Liberate people from abusive relationships and you end up uh, freeing people and harming people who are harming children. It's not a bad one, too. It's not a bad one, too. All right. Does Among Us teach kids to lie and be mistrustful of others? That's like saying, does Monopoly teach you to steal? No. Occupy Wall Street should have been Occupy the Fed. Well, of course, right? But they don't. Didn't the Fed go down today? The Fed transfer system went down. When I meet a very joyful person, it's always very pleasant, but I ask myself if people like that somehow live on on an alternate universe. Well, no, we live in reality. Uh, It's the people who are miserable who live in the alternate universe. Ah, right. Occupy turned into Antifa. Occupy got co-opted by social justice warriors. Tim Poole talks about it quite a bit. Yeah, I think Tucker Carlson was talking about it lately too, right? Bong smoking and finger banging in a tent sounds like the Occupy crowd. Yes. (laughs) I guess socialists are too dumb to understand Bitcoin. No, but socialists are power hungry. They're power mongers, right? And Bitcoin decentralizes power so they don't want to deal with it, right? The anti-Wall Street people was a sleight of hand for anti-capitalism. They're the same people that called for your deplatforming. Oh, yeah, no, I mean, I get all of that. I get all of that. Do you think that the Internet, social media, and instantaneous communication has made us more informed or more likely to be brainwashed? No, the brainwashing comes from the government schools, man. Stop blaming the Internet. Stop blaming the Internet for the government schools. The government schools are brainwashing people. Why don't you know that's the sound of the coin working on the block? Chain, well, don't you know, that's an old Sam Cooke song. Maybe he didn't, I don't think, did he write it? Chain Gang? Great song, by the way. I love Sam Cooke to death. Change, Change Gonna Come, Change Is Gonna Come is a goosebump song, a truly goosebump song that he wrote in response to the depth of uh, Blowing in the Wind from uh, Bob Dylan. But yeah, a great, uh, great song. The socialists are too rich to care about Bitcoin. <laughs> well, not for long. If your children like children with different values, then you and your family, how do you tell them that without seeming like authoritarians? Well, uh, it depends. So, you know, if if you're playing Monopoly with other kids, the values probably doesn't matter too much, but you keep your eye on your kids and your kids' relationships, and when there's a value divergence or the, 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 the opposition of value causes problems, you identify it right away and talk about it with your kids. There's actually a video of Peter Schiff schooling occupiers about the free market. Yes. Yes, but not him schooling them about Bitcoin, which is quite sad. Uh, Becoming a mother has been the most fulfilling thing I've ever done. And I've had the abs. (laughs) Good for you. Good for you. Do not listen to Tommy Lahren because she does not even follow her own advice. She took nine nine months to meet up with her previous boyfriend. I don't know what that means. But uh, very pretty people. I will... Should I? Uh, you know, I always said I was going to be honest. Okay. Very pretty people? I don't believe. I, I don't believe them. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I just, they've had it too easy. Especially women, right? So, very pretty women. 
Um, they live in a world of hormonal privilege and lust and desire that, that, that you and I can scarcely comprehend. The thirst is real. So in order to become wise, you have to be desperate. I mean, desperation and wisdom go hand in hand. Necessity is the mother of invention, and inventing the future comes out of the greatest desperation in the history of man. I mean, I finally got my first professional job because I just I completely ran out of money after I left my master's program. I couldn't make rent. And I'm calling up. I'm like, oh, my God, I've got to get a job with computers. I'd love to get – I don't care. I can move computers. I can complete clean computers. I can polish computers. I, mean, I know how to program. I still remember the name of the woman. I won't say it, but I still remember her name. She's long retired now. Who finally got me an interview at the place where I got my first $40,000 a year professional coding job. I did really well. And from there, I went straight. I did had that job for less than a year, and then I went straight into being an entrepreneur with my own code. That's desperation, man. Desperation. You know, you got to hit bottom. Now, a beautiful woman never ever has to worry about being homeless. She never ever has to worry about running out of money in general, right? Because there's always going to be some guy who's going to... This is why you don't see women who are homeless, because they can just get a guy to put them up or in return for sex, right? Get, get a guy to give them a place to sleep, right? Or affection or the possibility of sex. They don't have to have sex, but whatever, right? So beautiful women, and this could be the case with beautiful men as well, but, but beautiful women, and, and I think Tony Lauren is very attractive, right? I mean, very attractive. So beautiful women, it just, it's too, it's too easy. It's, it's too easy a life. It's too, they, they never have to worry about the fundamentals as far as the hierarchy of needs, like until they get older maybe. But I just, I just, they've, they've not struggled. They've not suffered. And look, I'm not saying that beautiful women ever suffer. Of course they do, but it's different from the kind of suffering that, you know, average looking guys go through where you can fall through the cracks. Nobody's going to notice. Nobody's sitting there, you know, be a man, cry in public. What happens? People just walk around. They don't want to know what's happening. They just make this stop. Make this go away. I don't want to see it, right? Be a beautiful woman crying in public and, oh, are you okay? Like, it's just, it's a different planet. So no disrespect, you know? I mean, there's some smart, beautiful women, but in general, I see a beautiful woman talking on the internet. I'm like, eh, you got no skin in the game, <laughs> right? You got, like, where's your desperation? Where's your... And again, there are exceptions. There are exceptions. I, I, I absolutely, I mean, I did a whole uh, speech series with Lauren Southern, who is a very attractive woman and very intelligent and very committed and all of that. So I get all of that. So there's exceptions to every rule. But in general, I see a beautiful woman talking on the internet and I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you know? Right? Well, I mean, you, 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 got a, you got a safety net called your butt. <laughs> so... Uh, that's my, my pers- I'm just saying that's my particular perspective. I'm not saying that's some sort of objective truth. But All right, so what do we got here? So why do women watch Fifty Shades of Grey? So for a woman to be desired is to have power, right? So for a woman to be desired is to have power. So... If you're a man and you are, you know, six foot two, great head of hair, good facial features, abs, you got a Lamborghini and a private helicopter, that's you with a sense of power. 
for a woman, having physical beauty and being desirable is the same power. It's the same sense of power. Men go to politics, women go for Botox, right? It's how they gain power as a whole, right? And for a woman to use her sexuality to control a powerful man means that she's even more powerful than he is, which is why women are drawn to tame the bad boys, because it shows just how powerful they really are, how powerful their sexuality is. The problem is male power is, is, is growable and sustainable. Female power is not because you age out of the market. So, All right, what do we have? What do we have? I'm not going to do a long show tonight, just so you know, I'm, uh, I'm a little tired. I did uh, a, lot of, uh, a lot of work today, so. How many mothers would exchange a child for a good career? <laughs> well, so this is the funny thing, right? It's that um, uh, men, men can tell you that work generally sucks. It's just a necessary evil you have to do to put bread on the table. But women are all like, oh, I'm going to go and work at Vogue and I'm going to wear power clothes and I'm going to have long brunches and we're going to discuss strategy. And it's like maybe one woman in a thousand has those jobs. Everyone else is getting yelled at in customer service and it sucks. How do I find a good woman like you got, Steph? Do I need to take out badminton? Uh, it wasn't badminton. It was volleyball. No, it's not a sport thing. Just uh, clean up your life, man. Get the abusive people out of your life. I would not be married right now if my mother had still been in my life when I met my wife to be. I'm telling you this straight up right now. I would not be married right now to this wonderful woman if I had still had my toxic mother in my life when I met her. When a friend of mine, many years ago, a friend of mine, his wife was um, going to have a baby imminently. And we I remember spending an entire weekend cleaning up his place. You know, we put on some cool music, we chatted, and we just scrubbed his place from top to bottom. So clean up your nest is a foundational thing that women do when they, again, and, and men too, right? So that's what happens, right? That's what happens. You got to clean up your emotional nest. You got to clean up your environment. If you want to get a great woman... You can't be introducing her to people who are toxic, who she then gets to look at and say, oh, wow, this is the guy's mom? Okay, so I didn't want to spend 30 years in the orbit of this woman. Do I want this woman to babysit my children? Do I want this woman to have a big influence over my husband and my children going forward? And the answer is no. And, you know, if you're attractive enough, she might hang around for a weekend, but she's not going to commit. Not going to commit. All right, let's go here. Sorry, going past all the numbers. All the numbers. Oh, we got to just restore the patriarchy. But there is no patriarchy. There's no patriarchy. Yeah, there's there's no patriarchy. Uh, that's all nonsense. Um, women are helpless and need protection, and therefore women tended to mate with men who were stronger and more aggressive. Women are helpless, disabled through childbirth, and women can be raped, uh, obviously. And the consequences of, of raping a woman is a potential baby, whereas the consequence of rape, raping a man is not a potential baby. And so women were disabled and vulnerable throughout human history. And that's nature, man. That's just the price of having a big brain is you've got to disable the women with pregnancy and childbirth and early childhood raising, and, right? We're useless until we're like two, right? So that's like almost three years since inception, right? Or conception. So women uh, were largely helpless throughout most of human history. So they needed to be protected. Because they knew they needed to be protected, they chose out of all the men, the men who were taller and stronger, greater upper body strength, and more aggressive. I mean, 
Fifty Shades of Grey, he beats her. Now, she controls him through her, through him beating her, right? If you watch the last one, and they're worth, I mean, they're really trashy, obviously, right? But they're worth watching to understand this is the most popular book ever for women, ever, right? So you learn a lot about women from looking at, you know, like you can learn a lot about a man by going through his garbage. Well, you can learn a lot about women by going through the trash that they, a lot of them like, most of them like. And in the last scene, the female, the protagonist, I can't remember her name, some stupid steel. No, that was the guy. Anyway, um, she goes into the guy's dungeon and he's going to hit her. And she's like, mm, I get everything. I get all his money. Just I just let him hit me and, and I get all his money. I get all his resources. I get his abs. You know, whatever, right? He's going to be a baby. And she controls him. Uh, a, a man's pretense of strength is his weakness. A woman's pretense of weakness is her strength, as the old saying goes, right? So there's no patriarchy. Women were vulnerable and needed to be protected, and women are smart and know what they need, and therefore they chose larger, stronger, more aggressive men. Men needed to ensure, in order for evolution to occur, men needed to ensure that women were giving birth to babies that were the men's. So there was control over female sexuality and there was strict punishment for women who had affairs because when women start to have affairs, men don't feel loyal to their own children and society falls apart. Right? You know the old saying, it's mommy's baby and daddy's maybe. So there's no patriarchy. There's just biological facts that men and women tried to grapple with as we evolved upwards from the apes. So, no patriarchy. It's, it's, it's just nonsense. Men are exactly as women chose them to be, and women are exactly as men chose them to be. Because if men had wanted, I don't know, uh, obese, uh, short, uh, disfigured women, then they would have only mated with those, and those genes would have prevailed as a whole, right? If women had wanted short, scrawny, weak, nervous, effeminate men, then that's what men would have been, because they would any women who chose those would have just had the men would have been taken over by other men so yeah it was a violent history and women were vulnerable men and they chose men to protect them and they can blame that on the patriarchy but men are we are exactly as women chose us to be exactly as women chose us to be that's reality that's evolution man glasses off serious talk that's right has the moral system of the west broken down yes Yes, almost completely. Uh, relativism is um, the breaking down of a hotel so that a prison can be erected in its place. Can't lie, kind of enjoying the cannibals on Cuomo. Yeah. Not in the chat, but is he hearing this? Yes. Unmarried parents should be treated as sex offenders, wouldn't you agree, Steph? Um, no. I, I, I'm, I'm a... Not a statist guy. So no, I don't agree with that. Do you think Bitcoin could have been created by a government agency as a means to track all transactions and asset full control over economy? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Do you think Bitcoin could have been created by a government agency? <laughs> Excuse me, oh my god, have you ever worked for a government agency? 
Have you ever set foot in a government agency? A bunch of tubby women and no-neck dudes, you think they're going to create a genius system of public ledgers like Bitcoin? <laughs> a government agency? <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, you got to be kidding me. Oh, man. Oh, that because government agencies always plan for 11 years down the road. <laughs> it can fool really brilliant people into storing their value with the government. Oh, my God. No, no, no. Oh, my God. Uh, Truth Seeking Mama says, I was just having this conversation with another mother today. Going no contact with my abusive parents was incredibly necessary and freeing. Yeah. And it's fundamentally not even your choice. You know, it's like saying, is it my choice if my children get to play with matches when they're two years old? Is it my choice if I let an 18-month-year-old poke at a fire with a poker? No, it's not your choice. You, you don't have the choice to not childproof your home. You don't have the choice to let your children play with steak knives when they're 16 months old. You don't have that choice because it's harmful to the children. So you can say, well, I've become a parent, but I don't know about my abusive parents. Whether It's not up to you. <laughs> I'm sorry. One of the great things about being a parent is it's not up to you anymore. It's not up to you. It's not like it's not up to you. It's really not up to you whether you should put your kids in government school. Government schools will become so toxic that they're just abuse mills. Plus, there's physical bullying, there's great danger, there's tribal and racial and ethnic and religious conflicts par excellence. It's not up to you. It's not, if you have children, you want to have children, you can't have abusive people in your life because that's like saying, well... It's my choice if I want to get drunk every night. It's like, well, I guess it's your choice if you're single. It may even be your choice if you're in a relationship, but it's not your choice if you have kids because you don't have the choice to be drunk every night if you have kids or even once. Not your choice anymore. What's best for your children? Is it good for your children that you get re-triggered, traumatized by abusive people? Is it good for them? Is it good for you? Is it good for their respect for you, which you're going to need, especially when they become teenagers? No, it's not up to you. It's a, it's a great weight off your shoulders. Like, it's not up to me. It's not up to me. Should I put sunscreen on my children if we're going to the beach for the day and it's 85 degrees? That's not a choice. You don't have a choice. No, you put sunscreen on your kids. <laughs> don't give them skin cancer when they get older. It's not up to you. Oh, is, it, is, it, is it up to me? If I take my children to the dentist or not? No, it's not up to you. You've got to take your kids to the dentist. You've got to get their teeth cleaned. Come on, it's not, it's not your choice. It's not up to you. You don't, you don't have that choice anymore. You have kids, you can't be around abusive people. Boom, done, done. No fucking free will in that matter, okay? There's no free will in that matter. It's what's best for your children. And frankly, what's best for your parents. If your parents are abusive and you let them hang around you and they continue to be abusive, you're harming them too. I'm not saying you do it for them. It's just a fact. How did you feel when your father passed away? Did you reflect on your decision? Did you feel guilt or relief? Again, I'm a, I'm a practical person. I'm not a very sentimental person. I'm an emotional person. I think you guys can tell that. Like, I'm a passionate person, but I'm not a sentimental person. You know, there's a, there's a pretty good definition of sentimentality. So sentimentality is you're moved by something 
and then you're moved by the fact that you're moved by something. <gasps> I'm so sensitive. I really care. Oh, I'm such a good person for caring so much about, like, that's sentimentality, and it's bullshit, right? Even you're passionate about stuff, I think it's great. I welcome emotion. I love emotion. Emotion is the reason why we are here, because the purpose of philosophy is an emotion. The purpose of philosophy is happiness. The end goal of philosophy is an emotion, so any philosophy that doesn't incorporate emotions is total bullshit. It's total bullshit. It's like you wouldn't go to a doctor who said, I don't care whether you're healthy or not. You don't go to a philosopher who says, I don't care whether you're happy or not. And the whole purpose of everything I've said for 15 straight fucking years is, here's how to be happy. Here's how to be happy in a world that views happiness as prey. And happiness turns people into beasts because they resent what they can't have because of the wrongs they've committed. So when my father passed away, I found out from my brother. My brother sent me an email. And I don't have any contact with my brother either for same reasons. And it was just like a one-line thing. Dad's dead, blah, 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 right? No details, no nothing, right? Was not a helpful thing to hear. Uh, I assume it was just a, eh, right? But anyway, so... Um, yeah, I, th I thought about it a lot. I, I did shows about it. I talked to the great Reverend Jesse Lee Peterson about it, and I did. I introspected about it, talked about it with my wife, with friends, and I really wanted to check in, you know, make sure I was processing whatever I needed to process and, and so on, but what, what practical difference did it make in my life? Again, maybe it's an Anglo-Saxon thing. I don't know. Is it a harsh northern european thing maybe it's an eastern european thing because my first name is eastern european maybe it's some polish heritage i just what practical difference did it make a man i did not grow up with he left when i was a baby a man i saw sporadically through my youth a man who well, here's a little story i mean it's just a little story right so he came to visit me when I was in theater school in my early 20s. He was actually here for my brother's wedding. And then my dad and I took a bus trip from Toronto to Montreal. And on that bus trip, he told me the entire story of his life, which was uh, pretty awful. Uh, not his child. I didn't know anything about his childhood, but pretty terrible stuff that happened in his life. Uh, I won't get into the details because he's not here to give his side. But although that was his side, and I remember it very clearly. But anyway... Um, so he stayed, uh, I was living with a, a woman in Montreal back then. And he's like, uh, I want to take you for dinner. Well, okay, that's, we didn't get much money from my dad. He lived in South Africa. I think it was kind of tough to get money out. I don't really know the details. I know my mom always wanted more. She was always planning lawsuits and I don't think they ever materialized, but we got very little money from my dad. Uh, two, two sons, right? And I never thought of him as someone I could ever go to for help. Like, never. Never crossed my mind. So he says to me in Montreal, he says, uh, I'll take you out for dinner. All right. That's great. You know, that'd be nice, right? So he takes me to a really nice restaurant. I'm a student, man. I was broke ass as a student, like you wouldn't believe, right? Not as broke as when I was a kid, but pretty broke ass, right? And... He takes me to dinner, and he orders expensive stuff. I didn't order expensive stuff, but, you know, okay stuff. We both had 
a glass of beer, and I think we split it. No, we each had a dessert or something like that. It was pretty, I mean, it was a, I never would have done anything like that when I was a, a student myself. I mean, I was, I was a big one for, <laughs> this is what I would do when I was a student, right? So there was a student newspaper and Subway, which is a restaurant I really like. Uh, they're really good, really good food. I like Subway a lot. Um, anyway, so back in the day, in the student newspaper, you would get a two-for-one sub, right? So I'd, te- I'd go and tear out all of the two-for-one sub coupons, which would last for a month, and I'd go and order two cheese and veggie subs, the cheapest thing you could get, and I would, uh, you know, cut them up, and you could have a couple of days meal for like five bucks, if you did it right. You heap up all of the toppings and just put everything on that you can get your hands on and extra cheese, and back then I think it was cheap or free, and you could just live on that, right? And... Just go back in like I was basically turning into a <laughs> submarine sandwich over time. So that was my, and I remember when I lived uh, on Peel Street, you could go for a dollar to the Peel Pub. You could go for the dollar. For the Peel Pub, you could get eggs, toast, and a bottomless cup of coffee for one dollar. Eggs, toast, and a bottomless cup of coffee for one dollar. I got a little jazzed on those from time to time when a friend of mine and I would sit there and planner will take over us in the future which came true for at least one of us but um anyway so i'm in, I'm in montreal and my dad and his ordered this you know crazy expensive meal and uh it comes time to pay and uh, don't you know it he just didn't have his wallet with him Ooh. so i went to a bank machine i withdrew my food money for the next month and paid the bill and he never paid me back. Now, this is not a huge thing, honestly. I'm looking back. It was a big thing at the time because it's got a lot of meaning and thoughtfulness and all that in it, right? That's not good, right? I went hungry. I went hungry. <laughs> and again, there's a lot to say about my dad. I want to get into it all because, you know, it's not his fault that I'm a somewhat prominent person and all that. So, but what practical difference does it make that a guy I never talked to, I will never talk to? I had already accepted that I was never going to get an apology from him. I was never going to get restitution from him. That was never, ever, ever going to happen. I said this on a show the other day. I have as much chance of getting an apology from my mother as from my father. And my father's dead, obviously, right? So I was not expecting an apology. I was not expecting any contact. I had no desire to contact. So from a practical standpoint, and again... Maybe it's cold. I don't think it's cold. I think it's practical because I'm a very warm-hearted person, a very passionate person, passionately devoted to philosophy, to the audience, to my family. I'm very passionate about But I could sort of feel, oh, my, my father's dead. But it's like, okay, but in reality, in reality, what changes? Not in sentimentality and Hallmark card, but what, what, what changes? Nothing. A guy I was never going to talk to and who was never going to talk to me is now never going to talk to me and I'm never going to talk to him. But that was the state before. When I was uh, in in boarding school, I was sent to boarding school when I was six years old. That was my father's idea. And then he didn't want to pay for it and then I ended up going out of boarding school and into, into government schools and all that. But... When I was six, I was sent to boarding school. I was the youngest kid in the whole boarding school. And every Saturday, we'd have haircuts, and we would write 
to our parents. We have to write to our parents. So I would write to my father, and I would write, Dear Tom. His first name was Tom, right? I'd write, Dear Tom. And, I, and, and the, the teachers got really mad. You can't call. He's your father. Is he? I almost never see him. He doesn't live in the continent, let alone the country. What does it mean to be somebody's father? It doesn't mean to be a bone donor, does it? It, it, it? Isn't parenting a... It's not a noun, isn't it? An adjective, isn't it something you do? It's an adverb. I'm sorry, I, <laughs> grammar is not my strong suit. But isn't it something you do, not something you are? To parent someone, not... To, to be someone's father is to parent them, not to have impregnated so, yeah, dear Tom, that's, you know, and, you know, I, I changed it because they got mad at me and they could beat you in that boarding school and did. So, yeah, okay. So, no, there was no guilt. There was no relief. I, there was a little bit of sadness, like, that's a shame. I wouldn't have made those decisions. And being a father myself and knowing how attached I am. But um, it wasn't my bad decisions. It wasn't like I did anything wrong. It wasn't like I was a bad kid or, you know. The guy chose to marry a violent woman and abandon his children to her tender care, right? Bad bad idea, bad decisions. And a lot of the suffering that he went through was the result of those decisions. It sure made me um, not want to make bad decisions, right? So, What was the worst thing your mother did to you? That's a good question. That's a good question. I'll have to think about that. I don't want to give you a glib answer or even just necessarily the first thing that, that uh, pops into my head. But I, I promise you, I will think about that and I will get back to you. Not seeing your abusive parent is raising your serotonin levels. Well, it could be. It could be, right? I was genuinely scared of my mother, even in adulthood. They don't have power over you unless you let them as an adult leave. Oh, yeah, my mother's terrifying. Uh, my mother's terrifying. I mean, and and you can't control those early inbuilt reactions any more than, like, let's say you grew up speaking English. Let's say you don't speak English for 10 years and somebody speaks to you in English. You still know the language. It's not like you've forgotten. The early burned-in trauma, it doesn't leave. And you're helpless before it. You, you, you can't control it at all. I mean, you can manage it a little, but you can't control it directly. The only way you can control it is to not be stimulated by it. Like, if you're dropped into a lion cage, you're going to feel scared. And the only way to not be scared when you're at the zoo is not go into the lion cage. So, yeah, when you're, when you're raised with violent, predatory, abusive people, um, they will forever be scary to you. Like, I could, I said this before, I could see my mom, not that I will, but I could see my mom tomorrow, my heart would pound, my hands would sweat, because she was a violent person, dangerous person, and she had control over me for 15 straight years. You can't just undo that in your mind. You can't just manage that or, or, or make that gone. I, I don't know. It's like trying to forget your name. You can't do it. Uh, Steph did an entire episode while walking through the wintry woods after his dad passed. Yes, I did a bunch of... Why did you feel something when your father passed away? Was it because of what he could have been or because he looked like you? I look more like my mother than my father. Um... Why, what do you mean, why did I feel something when your father passed away? That seems like a rather alien life form question. <laughs> I'm, of course I'm going to feel something when my father passes away. 
It would be inhuman not to. I don't really understand that. That's like a Spock-like question. I don't understand why that would even be a question. All right. Let's do one more. Oh, do I do questions? Great questions, by the way, guys. Really, really appreciate these. Uh, the thing that annoys me about society is how it excuses the abuse of children. Oh, yeah, society is all about supporting child abusers. Oh, absolutely, completely and totally. Society enables and supports child abusers uh, and praises teachers, but then I kind of repeat myself, right? Uh, does anyone agree with me that Stefan should not linger too long in any particular question when there are so many questions already asked? Yeah, that's a that's a fair point. I would I would try and keep moving. I don't want people to feel like they can't get their uh, their questions in. Uh, okay, did the brainwash thing? I tried to get my brother that has two young children to listen to and learn Steph's peaceful parenting. He claimed he was scared, 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 something like that. I was watching a documentary about financially independent women in Japan hiring, quote, boyfriends. <laughs> Bill Burr, Molyneux Incarnation. Yeah, Bill Burr trashed me quite a bit, I think. That's all right. The lie that women also tell you is to be vulnerable. When men are vulnerable, they get laughed at and ostracized. Uh, yeah, you know... You know, I used to say this uh, to to my girlfriends. They want me to do some chick thing and be like, no, no, that's why God gave you girlfriends. Go <laughs> go do it with them. I have no interest. And they'd complain, but <laughs> great sex afterwards. <laughs> what can I tell you? I love these Wednesday night chats. Still want to hear why Fiat keeps chugging along. Why does Fiat keep chugging along? But that's, in a sense, that's kind of like asking why the prisoner keeps eating the food he, he's given, because the prison has a monopoly. So fiat is a monopoly. You have to pay your taxes using fiat. You have to conduct most of your economic transactions using fiat. And so, and there, there's no particular competition for the U.S. dollar in particular as reserve currency. So, yeah, fiat is keeping going for a long time. And I think that the Austrian economists have to some degree underestimated how much money is getting soaked up by the super rich. So when the super rich get money, they'll spend it on very concentrated things or they'll invest it and so on. It doesn't necessarily go into raising the prices of your jar of lemonade on the grocery shelf as much, right? So it's really getting soaked. And you can see this under COVID. You can see this under, really since 07, 08, the super rich have gotten super richer. The middle class has shrunk enormously and the poor have gotten poorer. So the amount of money that's being soaked off and hoarded by the super rich is taking a lot of money out of circulation. And that is uh, keeping prices from rising uh, too much. And um, But I think if you look at the price of the dollar relative Bitcoin, you can see its weakness pretty, pretty clearly. I see a lot of beautiful women. However, it's when I hear the socialist low IQ crap that turns me off hardcore. Oh, listen, we've all had that. We've all had some hot young thing when we were hot young things ourselves, or I was, right? We've, we've all had that. Some woman who's just to die for, but she's, you know, she's got crazy political opinions. And can't even be corrected and thinks she knows everything. And, uh, yeah, you get this lefty stuff. Uh, I, I remember very clearly I once had to consult a lawyer uh, about a business contract. 
and spent quite a bit of time with her going over the contract. And she was very attractive, very attractive. And we had, you know, we had some spark. We had some chemistry, chemistry. And uh, my daughter always mocks that. But um, and I remember and, and she was she was a socialist or very left leaning. And, you know, I poked her with a couple of questions, so to speak, to see if she had any flexibility or real knowledge. But it was all just sentimental twaddle, right? And uh, a lot of, so when people get the unearned, they end up with a pathological sympathy for the underdog, right? If, if you get things you haven't earned, and, you know, she didn't earn her beauty. She was an attractive woman. She didn't earn her beauty. I think that she basically got um, her, a lot of what she got was through affirmative action. Uh, the affirmative action of beauty and some legal affirmative action for both racial and um, gender issues. So I think she got a lot of the unearned. And, and when you get a lot of the unearned, you end up with this weird pathological altruism towards the underdog, right? Because you kind of took stuff from them in a way without uh, earning it. So there's the guilt of the unearned leads to the uh, sympathy for the underdog that's crazy, right? Uh, Tommy claims, Tommy Lauren claims you need to make plans to meet with a girl on a date within a week after you were introduced. She took nine months to do that. Yeah, well, you know, power is being hypocritical and nobody calls you on it, right? Or nobody can call you on it effectively, right? Chris Rock says, only women, children, and dogs are loved unconditionally. Men are loved based only on what they can provide. <laughs> I don't do a very good Chris Rock imitation because my throat still functions. Um, yeah, but women provide. Women love based upon what they provide, which is sex and companionship, right? All right. Matriarchy is a society that prioritizes the preferences of unmarried parents who casually conceive parented their illegitimate offspring. Uh, now, matriarchy and patriarchy are completely irrelevant to the equation. Just talk about the state. Just talk about the state. There are still a lot of ugly fat women around, so evolution is not perfect. Do you... Well, Edward R. Dutton is the guy who basically makes the argument that we've not had any evolutionary pressures for about 150 years. So, and you know, there are chubby chasers. So, could be right. Yo, 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 Stefan the man! Thank you very much. Uh, there's our gift for the evening. I probably... <laughs> Came, came and went from that, right? Uh, let's see here. Better homelessness or faking isolating with abusive parenting? Greetings from Poland. Hello. Uh, don't forget to watch my documentary on Poland. Also free. Freedomain.com slash documentaries. Um, well, homelessness is pretty rough, man. So uh, I, wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't go that route. What is this fascination with genderism by the Democrats now? Well, they're, not, they're just trolling. They're trolling. All the Democrats do is troll Christians. That, that you understand that, right? All the Democrats do is troll Christians. And so um, uh, Christianity is pretty solid on gender divisions, right? And uh, so they, they troll Christians, right? And, uh, you know, Christianity has a particular view on homosexuality, so the Democrats push homosexuality. Uh, Christianity has a particular view on um, uh, uh, marriage as an institution, and therefore the Democrats push single motherhood. And it's the same thing. Um, men and women are created in Adam and Eve in God's image, pretty clear on gender, and therefore they push transgenderism. All it is is, is a trolling, attacking, and undermining Christianity. Everything that you see coming out of the left is simply 
attacking and undermining Christianity because Christianity stands between them and the power that they want. So. All right. Perspective from East Europe. Stefan is least controversial leftist from the West. <laughs> it's pretty fun. How easy is it to cash out of Bitcoin? Oh, pretty easy. Pretty easy. Uh, at what age is it too late to teach children non-aggression principle UPB? Uh, no, no, no age is too late. You just got to live it yourself first. Just don't teach them anything you're not doing. Otherwise, you're just discrediting everything, including yourself, which is the most important thing, right? Uh, I'm a leftover from when Owen Benjamin got canned here. How is Owen Benjamin doing these days? What's going on with that lawsuit? Too bad you weren't the subway spokesman instead of Jared. Yeah, he got hit pretty hard with those allegations, right? I bet this chat annoys the hell out of Steph. Uh, you would lose that bet. I love the chat. I love you guys. I love these conversations. So, no. Your dad probably felt he did more than enough to have to pay you back. At least that's how some of my family is like. Yeah, could be. Did you name Tom from Almost after your dad? Uh, no. Very, very different character, my son. A very different character. Uh, all right, a couple more, a couple more. I want to make sure I get to... Uh... Stefan's call-in shows are wicked great. I'd crap my pants being laid so bad as such a huge audience. No, I, here's the thing. I don't mean to disagree with everyone tonight, maybe, but, but I don't think you would because I'm such a... I'm, I'm a very good listener, right? So, so because I really care and really want to hear, you'd be surprised at how much you would say simply because being actually listened to without me running an agenda of my own or waiting for my turn to talk to actually be listened to is such a remarkable experience, such a powerful experience that people talk because we all want to be listened to. I mean, that's what I do. I want to be listened to as well, right? So. All right. My mother was scary, but I remember feeling shocked when I yelled back at her, seeing her fear of me. Oh, well, that's the shift, right? I fought back against my mother and she never hit me again, right? Rachel Levine says that we have to give kids puberty blockers early before kids reach puberty so they don't go through the wrong puberty. Uh, it's vile beyond words. I, 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 I can't even. I, I can't even tell you just how absolutely appalling and awful that is. Your looks are not an argument, Steph, to the hot lawyer. <laughs> yeah, well, they are an argument, just an argument you can't win. <laughs> I keep trying to explain that to my 17-year-old son. He claims there's an acceptable hot slash crazy. Yeah. Yeah, the balls versus brain thing, uh, it's a little bit more on the ball side with a 17-year-old son, I'm afraid. And um, he might just have to uh, go through it. But uh, if he goes through it with a true crazy, uh, he's going to get sperm jacked. He's going to get uh, legal uh, accusations. I mean, you you got to just go through... What is it? The honey badgers talk about this kind of stuff, about the guys who got so many crazy accusations from their exes that they couldn't be left alone. They always had to have a witness and an alibi with them. So, Do you think changing a relationship to a trivial one can be a viable alternative to defu? Oh, but that's kind of like going from lovers to friends. Like, can you de-anything a relationship? I don't know that you can. You, you can't go from lovers to friends that's just a way of easing out of the relationship without hurting the other person's feelings too much so can you go from you know mashed up passion power lightning of of a parent-child relationship to just talking about the weather I, it just seems weird if all you're going to do is trivialize it then why bother having the relationship at all 
And why do socialists think that people who work in a condition those socialists don't like, it is analogous to slavery? Well, it's a failure of empathy, right? It's a failure of empathy. So socialists look at, I don't know, like they look at the people who work at Walmart and they say, oh my God, that's a terrible job. I would go insane. Therefore, those people must be really unhappy. No, I've worked in low rent jobs. I've worked around poor people. They're fine. I've worked around people who work with their hands. I've, I mean, I've, I was in a restaurant. I worked as a waiter for many years and I, I, there were waiters there who were 40 and 50 and 60. They were fine. They actually pitied the boss who was making more money because he had to work nights and weekends and had way too much stress. So no. Jack Black's Shallow Hal is very good at explaining this. Yeah, Shallow Hal is a really good movie. It's a really, really, really good movie. A surprisingly deep movie. Uh, banana hands. <laughs> anyway. Uh, Tim Pool says the left tries to feminize American men while China is training their men to be more manly. Oh, yeah. I mean, in order to take over the military, all that China has to do is, is keep pushing diversity initiatives and funding those. I mean, it's going to do it, right? Socialists think all labor is slavery, hence why they enslave all of their workers. See, no, socialists want power. This, they don't think they don't think anything. They just want power. You know, like if you have a drug addict, he'll just say anything. He'll he'll bully. He'll cajole. He'll bribe. He'll beg. He'll uh, attack. He'll hit anything to get the drug. The goal. So he just wants the drug. He doesn't think anything except I want the drug, and he'll go through a variety of verbal pyrotechnics and mutations and aggressions and submissions in order to get the drug or to get the money to get the drug. Socialists want power. That's that's all it's about. Top to bottom, back to front. It's they're just power mad. They want power. They lust for power. They get dopamine from power. So that's all it's about. Everything else is bullshit. Everything else is just a cover. It's just a cover. Owen's pretty normal compared to a couple of years ago. Well, I guess I'm glad to hear that. Steph Rocks. Thank you very much. Puberty blockers of child experimentation. Uh, I, I, I think it's much worse than that. Much worse than that. Uh, Steph, do you remember Patriarchy Erotica? Hilarious poem you read at the start of episode 2868. Should have a listen for old time's sake. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Maybe. All right. Any last questions? Uh, any yearning burnings I didn't quite get to? Sorry if I missed a couple, but uh, a great uh, a great chat this evening. I upped the resolution and, and I upped the, um, the bit rate. So we got to 1080p, 60 frames a second. Is it going smooth as butter? Can you or uh, did you collaborate on your master's dissertation? No, no, I did that. Uh, I did that solo. I did that solo and got an A and got an A much later than everyone else got their marks back. It was quite exciting. I still remember uh, getting the whoop out of me when that happened. We should chat about addiction soon. I, uh, I'm intrigued. <laughs> Are you guys, uh, um, how does one recover from power addiction, especially if it started at a young age? You look a lot sexier in more pixels. Video is great. You look marvelous. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, recover from power addiction. Um, uh, I stream every Wednesday night, 7 p.m. I do call-in shows Friday night, 7 p.m. and Sunday, 11 a.m. Uh, and I do the crypto roundtable on the way. Uh, just various random things. And I do call-in shows uh, for people who are in particular emergencies like this woman today uh, on an as-needed basis. Um so the addiction to power uh, comes out. Uh, the addiction to power comes out of fear. So we want to control other people because we don't think we can negotiate with them. 
We have to interact with people in order to survive. If we can't negotiate with them, we want to dominate them. We want to control them, right? In the same way, we need food, and if we can't negotiate with an animal, we enslave it, like a cow or a dog or a cat or whatever, right? Which, you know, it's different. I get livestock versus pets. But um, so in order to overcome a power addiction, in order to overcome any addiction, you have to go and revisit and re-experience the hurt that it's designed to cover up, right? Addictions are an attempt to self-medicate the trauma of early childhood abuse in general, right? Because, you know, this is, I'll do this rant another time, but all this crap you hear, oh, children are resilient. No, children are not resilient. We can't say, well, adults can't see Trump without screaming and hysteria and triggered and reaction and everybody needs their trigger warnings, but, but children are resilient. It's like, it's mad. It's completely mad. Children are not resilient. We know that statistically child abuse can take up to 20 years off your lifespan. It's one of the reasons I've always felt I'm living a little bit on borrowed time because I know the bomb in the brain. I know the data. I know the facts. That uh, It's one of the reasons I try and take such good care of my health as well. So people don't donate for me to uh, die early, right? All right. Been loving the crypto roundtables recently. Well, thank you. Appreciate it. How to deal with parental issues from my childhood if my parents have already passed and I missed the chance to talk things through with them. Oh, no, they're still there. Just because they're dead in the ground doesn't mean they're, they're dead in your head. We never bury the people in our head until we're in the ground. And then those people are in our children's minds. So yeah, they're all there, right? The, the, the undead live. The ghosts are there. They're real. You can have a conversation with your mom and your dad anytime you want. Give us a nip slip before you go. I'm going to say no to that one. Uh, make sure you uh, people subscribe. Yeah, you can go to free, uh, fdrpodcast.com. Like if you're looking for old shows, a little tip as well. If you're looking for old shows of mine, and you want to see the video, uh, YouTube got uh, nuked, right? Uh, but you can go to fdrpodcast.com. It's a whole podcast interface. You can do a search for there. And if it's bit shooter library, there'll be a link below. You can get it very easily there, so. China, Biden breaks chives with China. U.S. and allies to build China-free tech supply chain. Huh. All right, I'll have to look into that. I don't have anything particular to say about that at the moment, other than uh, pretty dangerous if they've got compromise on his son. But anyway, all right. Thanks, everyone, for a great uh, chat, a great evening, a real pleasure to chat with you guys. Uh, I hugely appreciate it. Look at that, drop frames. Zero, baby! Zero drop frames. And... Uh, uh, I love you guys so much. Thank you for the honor of this conversation. Thank you for the honor of speaking to the world. Freedomain.com slash donate. If you want to help out the show, I'd really, really appreciate it. And um, have yourself a great week. I will see you here. Same bat time, same bat channel next uh, Wednesday night. And uh, yeah, let me know in the chat um, if you um, want any more live streams a week. Uh, I enjoy them. They're a little bit of work, but it's a, it's a good first world kind of work. Good kind of brain activating kind of work so and uh i will put out uh, i did a great interview with joseph cotton yesterday and i hope that you'll have a look at that i'll put that out probably tomorrow and uh have a great evening so nice to see the numbers growing and uh lots of love from here i'll talk to you soon bye